It's a great day for a podcast. Once again, here he is, John Oakley. Richard Landis again, who's a trained medievalist. He's a historian of apocalyptic movements and the author of the book, The Whole World Be Wrong? It's a question. Lethal journalism, anti-Semitism, and global jihad. Professor Landis, I know we're talking to you from Jerusalem this uh, evening in your case, and I appreciate you joining us here in Toronto on The Oakley Show. Let me start with uh, one of your overarching premises, and that is that there seems to be like a default mechanism within legacy media and progressive circles that immediately would uh, suspect Jews and uh, give the benefit of the doubt in this instant to Hamas and their propagandists. Tell us about it. Well, it, it's actually kind of astonishing. And, and the last example is perhaps the most astonishing and uh, I think damaging um, and that is that, uh, you know, it's 10 days after Hamas showed the world what it was about, the press got a report from Hamas that 500 people had been killed in a hit on a hospital by Israel and ran with that, that news. They didn't say Hamas said, the New York Times said Palestinians say. Um, they ran with that news. Uh, until really well after it was clear that it was not Israel. But the amazing part of it is even once they gave up the accusation against Israel and played he said, she said, um, even after they did that, they hung on to the hospital being hit until they got a picture of the parking lot where the rocket hit. Uh, and then they continued to hold on and to this day continue to hold on to the hundreds dead, which is extremely unlikely. So, you know, you, you've, I'm writing an article now on, on how we can explain this, because it's not just that Israel loses out in the process of this and the Palestinians and really some of the ugliest strains of Palestinian, the Palestinian movement are are saved and, and promoted by this kind of behavior. But it's so damaging to the West. I mean, I, I'm looking at, at uh, you know, CNN reporters, including people who think that they're relatively favorable to Israel, like Jake Tapper and, and Wolf Blitzer, who literally are are standing there, their station, Jake Tapper in particular, played a significant role in this. Their station has helped spread the fire, and they're reporting on the fire objectively. In other words, oh, it looks like President Biden's trip is going to be in trouble, and already the Jordanians and the and Abbas have uh, refused to see him. And uh, so the diplomatic... Uh, Part of that is collapsed and there's rioting in the Middle East and there's rioting on American campuses. And all of this, they report as if they had nothing to do with it. Professor Landis, uh, what really intrigues me, and this is, I guess, central to your thesis here, what informs their adoption, their willing and readily adoption of this narrative? Okay, so I'll give you four reasons this is the article that I'm writing right now, so you get a preview. Um, one reason, the first three are things that I've been arguing for really 20 years now. 
Um, number one, they're intimidated by the Palestinians and particularly by Hamas. So they don't dare really say anything nasty about them. And certainly nobody who's in Gaza can. So, for example, in 2014, we had a, a Italian journalist, Gabriele Barbati, who was there when uh, uh, we're calling a, a fell short rocket, um, a, a, a jihadi rocket, hit the refugee camp at Shati near the hospital, Shifa Hospital in Gaza City, and killed 10 kids. Um, and the press reported it as, you know, it was the Israeli, you know, they killed these poor kids. Uh, um, I, during Eid al-Fitr, it was supposed to be a truce, and, and the Israelis broke the truce and killed these kids. And then he gets out of Gaza and he tweets, out of Gaza, far from Hamas intimidation, last night's uh, shoddy incident, I can't remember how he put it, was Hamas. And then he has an interesting piece translating directly from the Italian. He says, um, uh, witness, what he meant was proof, colon, uh, Hamas came in and cleared out the shells um, before they let the press in. So um, so you have this case of, of somebody who only once he's out of Hamas's ability to take, uh, to retaliate, can he even mention this? And most of the other reporters refused to even do this because they wanted to be able to go back and report some more from there. Uh, and Jody Rudoran quoted from the comfort of her Jerusalem uh, desk, because she wasn't uh, in Gaza at the time, that um, this uh, Israeli narrative of in Hamas intimidation is nonsense. So, number one, intimidation. And that's been clear from the outbreak of the Intifada, um, what I call the, the Oslo Jihad in 2000. Number two, um, there is a, uh, I don't know how, quite how to put this, there's a, there's a kind of schadenfreude that people feel about news of Jews behaving badly. So that when, you know, if Hamas behaves badly, it's got to behave incredibly badly before people are shocked. But, you know, if it behaves badly, nobody expects anything of it. But when Israelis behave badly, that's something that's really big. So that's a, a sort of second one. And then I think behind both the sort of rather nasty I love to report on Jews behaving badly, and I'm intimidated by Hamas, but I won't admit it to you. They have this sort of uh, what you might call a fig leaf uh, to cover their nakedness in which they present themselves as post-colonial uh, theorists talking about Israeli colonialism in the indigenous Palestinian population. So those were the three I was working with, and then I met in Oxford, um, a physicist named David Deutsch. And Deutsch has worked on, uh, he was writing a book on irrational thought by people who thought they were rational. And he had a chapter on anti-Semitism in which he describes what he calls the pattern. And the pattern, he says, is something in, he's a physicist, he's not explaining the pattern, he's observing it. And he says, you can see this even before Christianity, the Romans and the Greeks before the Christians already had this, 
there is a kind of categorical imperative to legitimate hurting Jews. And he says, you know, the people who do this don't necessarily want to hurt Jews, but they go out of their way to assure that it's legitimate to hurt Jews. And if you look at the way the media behaved in this, if you look at the way, I mean, they're almost like zombies. They're, they're, they just, they, they do it no matter how bad it is for them. It, they've, they've got to, they've got to run with a story like this because, you know, after the terrible events of 710, um, October 7th, uh, there was a lot of sympathy for the Israelis. And it actually looked like the Palestinian grievance narrative was beginning to fall apart. You know, all these Palestinians saying we're for freedom and we're for dignity and we're for equality and we're for civil society. And then they're cheering this kind of stuff. So it was in danger. And by reporting the hit on the hospital, they the, the journalists were actually restoring the legitimacy of hurting Jews. And you can see it. I mean, airport yeah. in Russia. I mean, it, it's it's staggering. The self-destructive, I call it own goal journalism, the self-destructive uh, aspect well, of this kind of, of utterly unprofessional journalism. Professor, I've got to let you go on that note, but uh, needless to say, there's much more we can broach. Uh, why this also informs progressive thought in academia and other circles, uh, the so-called liberal circles. Yeah. Uh, very, very interesting and intriguing. Again, uh, I appreciate your time, albeit short, here from Jerusalem this evening. Richard Landis, a professor, historian of ap apocalyptic movements, author of the book, The Whole World Be Wrong, Lethal Journalism, Anti-Semitism, and Global Hello. Jihad. Can the whole world be wrong? Can the whole world be wrong? You've got it. Okay, well, yeah. uh, there you go. You've and, and as a friend of mine said, oh, 500 pages of yes. <laughs> all right. We'll leave on that note. Uh, thank you for the brevity. Uh, all, right, all right. Thank you. Listen to The John Oakley Show live each weekday afternoon from 3 until 6. If you live in the Toronto area, just turn that AM dial to 640. And listen anywhere on Earth, 24 hours a day, by going to 640toronto.com. Follow on Twitter at AM640Oakley. You've been listening to A Curious Cast. New podcasts and shows are debuting all the time. So check back often to see what's new in the Curious Cast Library.